Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action 4 News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Common Number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Let me have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Yes, and always remember, as the great Gearsmith himself, John Dryden, always says, we first make our habits, and then our habits make us sloppy players with bad threat assessment. Squeed McGee getting caught up on meta traffic with the Weatherlight Report. Oh, I'm bringing you the beat on the street. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself. Well, Mr. T is going to try to join the entourage of our hometown KC Chiefs quarterback since he just got a half a billion dollar contract. <laughs> maybe he'll be gifted a Black Lotus. <laughs> what, maybe he'll give us some love to the hometown podcast, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll, uh, he'll, he'll dump out some Black Lotuses for everybody. Thank you for tuning in to your number six source of Magic the Gathering news. This bit shall never end. Nope. Yeah, sounds good. Even if we lose, I'm just, let's just sounds, keep it going. Sounds good. And the best part is we don't even have to say what the bit is. It's like the game, and we all just lost. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, the I'm thing is, though. I'm going to tell Davis about that, because I just thought of Creed. Oh, here we go. The Creed game. What a time. Wait, I thought on. it was Nickelback. Oh, there's there's a Creed game. There's a Nickelback game. And really, any shameful band. Three Doors Down probably works if you want. How dare you? <laughs> I love Three Doors Down. Well, we're going to start off the top of the cast, latest in Carnage that ensued with... 45! So, uh, me and Big Tuck and The Goad were gracious enough to actually be able to play an IRL game. Crazy. Um, and Davis yeah. was there as well. And now, because Squee's going to be going out of town, so we're going to be doing a lot of recording back-to-back. -back. So, both this 40 Life in a Dash and the next one are going to come from that same night. But the first one I wanted to talk about was my uh, Game of Thrones game. I actually got to play my Game of Thrones deck, IRL. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the Goad played his Tam deck. Big Tuck played a good old Angie. Yeah. And, uh, of course, the Godfather Davis played Lazav. The Godfather. And really, for the most part, like, all of our decks kind of got to do what they wanted to. Like, I was, you know, playing out Game of Thrones characters and just yep. being a, a walking meme, and then everyone, which was and, fine. And also, the deck completed the goal of you play a card, and everyone's like, okay, what is it really? And then you have to pick it up and look at it again. So, yes. uh, they are uh, also on. extremely hard to read because of the, yes, because they of are. the foiling. <laughs> the foiling. Uh, next time, if I get a whole EDH deck custom done, it will not be in foil. <laughs> Good um, and so, you know, I got to do a whole lot of my stuff, which was a lot of fun. Uh, Davis with the Lazav deck was able to copy out my uh, Syrian dragon. And uh, it was in the head, right? Yeah. Neheb the yeah. Harvester, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I uh, was able to copy that with his commander, but then made another copy with another card. And so, like, he was kind of beaten face, and Tuck was... Angie. Wheelie to do it, baby. <laughs> waste not waste not for 17 zombies off of three mana. Felt pretty good. Yeah, well, it was pretty good. Uh, but the goat eventually won because he got that Mothra flyer out and his that commander deck. and Rex. I mean, I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna have side commentary on both of these for the next two weeks, I guess, because I don't <laughs> think I'm gonna have time to play between then and now. Um, but yeah, that deck was I. 
I looked at that and the other counters guy, and they both just seem kind of assuming, unassuming. But like once that train gets going, man, I mean, and Abzan's got all the graveyard recursion stuff going well, so that was brutal. But yeah, I think like the big the big pull away for me was a we got to play in person. I forgot how fun that actually is. <laughs> and <laughs> nice, and eh? B and B, everyone got to do their thing. Everyone got to have a little slice of yep. the pizza, um, and then Will won it in a completely disgusting and unfair way, and kind of kind of ruined the taste. You, you like so, get so, so you could say he took he took the bigger the bigger slice of the pizza. Yeah, at the end of it, like you kind of like enjoying your pizza and like you know it's getting down to the crust, and then like mm -hmm. you find one anchovy right in the middle of that stuffed crust pizza, <laughs> and it kind of it kind of sours all the whole slice uh, for you. But no, it was it was a good time. It was good. It was good to play. I was like, oh, shuffling. Um, I do have something that's funny that happened with Tice is when we were playing heads up on his big deck, he played like a sphere of detention or something and, uh, or an O-ring and I'm just like, Oh, okay. And instinctively just put my card on top of a box. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh no, you can put, you can put that here. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> you can put it under the card. <laughs> you don't remember exactly what this does. My mind is blown. Oh wow. Oh yeah. That's pretty funny. Well, Squee, any games you would like to talk about? Uh, no games, but my 40 life in a dash is going to consist of my now daily mail drops that have been coming in it's been a blast i went on quite a tirade of ordering cards last week and i'm oh. now seeing all of that fruit uh so i spent about good two hours today racking my brain on how to make i don't know like eight slots and reese that was tough um figured it out <laughs> leave the deck alone yeah. no i will not ever these were actually pretty good. I mean, we're talking like Miri's Guile. Um, I pulled an, an Elder Gargaroth out of an M21 pack, so that got slotted in. I wasn't planning on putting that in there, but uh, I, I, I can't see a good reason why not to. Um, sure. And then uh, I guess the least exciting part is I, I now have a staple mana base. All of wow. your uh, all of your green and white uh, staples, as other than obviously your your duels, but. Um, yeah, everything but a guy's guy's cradle in Savannah we got in there now, so it's uh, sitting pretty. Now, do you do, have you slotted in anything semblance in semblance of a nature's lore or perhaps a far seek? No. Okay, so, Both so of which no I have. To, there's still no way to get them. They, they are in the deck. <laughs> Yeah, both of those I do have in my binder. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to open up the trade binder here soon for everybody. It is getting thick. I counted today, and I am at 39 pages oh. in my trade binder. Some of them are double-sided, so... Uh, yeah, get ready, guys. I need uh, I need some trades. I need some other cards. These ones clearly aren't doing it for me. But yeah, that's all I got for this week. All right. Well, Big Tuck, any games you want to talk about? Uh, no, as previously stated, I am on color commentary on the ones you just discussed. <laughs> so that, I, will, I will pass the turn, if you will. Ooh. Well, I will say that's a wrap up for 40 Life and Dash. <laughs> Meta, talk about what's going on in your local multiverse. What's the plane chase? So we actually asked in our patron discord because usually, you know, we have like a week between recordings, gives us a lot of time to kind of think of ideas. But we literally just recorded last Thursday. Today's Monday and we're recording again in a few days <laughs> so that way we can make sure we have enough content for you guys uh, when we uh, will be unable to record. So we're running a little low on ideas. So uh, ask the discord what the topic should be for some what's the uh, plane chase ideas. And Lemony Lemmings wanted to have a discussion around cards that on the surface should 
be good, but just for some reason, they just never hit the mark in a deck. So I thought that was interesting, but we wanted to take it a step further and then explain how to actually make it worthwhile. Because I do think some of these cards are good. It's just, if you want to have it in your deck, you need other support things to kind of help feed it and make it work. And those support things don't have to be very narrow, as in, oh, I want this one creature to work. Well, the only way to make it work is make it indestructible and hexproof and shroud and <laughs> got to make it a 2020. Yeah. Like, no, nothing like that. If you run, if you run all, the, all the swords of X and Y in this deck, then this card is incredible. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and funny side note, Lemony Lemmings had never known or played the Lemmings video game. What? Really? The one with the green-haired guys? It's yeah. yeah. Wow. He didn't know what it was. Especially so when well. you just literally just bit the... You either, the ones I, well, I remember having the most fun with is you just keep telling them to dig and like don't stop. And then eventually they, I think they die or just like intentionally just send them on a baton death march like off the edge of the map. Oh, like, I guess they aren't that smart. So I'm going to start it off uh, with the top of the topics with a card that actually I think does work, but I know Big Tuck and Commander Cookout Brando uh, said that they've had it in decks many times and it just never works. We're talking about Followed Footsteps. Yeah. So Followed, followed Footsteps uh, is three colorless blue blue enchantment aura. Enchant creature at the beginning of your upkeep, put a token that's a copy of the enchanted creature on the battlefield. So uh, I, I would say, and, and Tuck, I'd love some color commentary mm -hmm. with this, but pretty much the general consensus is upkeep trigger is too slow. Yes. Yep. Creature removal takes it out. Yep. Enchantment removal takes it out. Yep. And it costs five. Yeah. I, and it costs I think five. that's the biggest yeah. thing for me is it's expensive. So, um, what I kind of figured, if you're going to run this card in a deck, you need ways to be able to protect either the creature or the enchantment. I mean, it, obviously, ideally, you'd like to protect both. But something like an Urtai the Corrupted, this wouldn't yeah. work great in because you'll have other stuff that you could, you know, is it pay a blue, tap them, sacrifice creature yes, enchantment, yep, yep. counter target spell. Mm -hmm. So they try to remove it because you have it on a, a big beater. Well, you know what? I'll just sacrifice someone else to get rid of it. Or if you did put it on a strategic creature right. and it's the only creature you have, well, you could sack followed footsteps itself and then um, go ahead and counter the spell. I do like that. I, yeah, then that's, and just to be clear, we're Talking a non-curse Bizarro Urtai build, correct? Yes. <laughs> okay, excellent. Yeah, and I, <laughs> and I think um, another thing that I would think is if you're doing kind of like a clone version of an enchantment deck in those sure. colors, right? You're gonna have enough enchantment. You're gonna have enough enchantment protection support and probably bigger threats and make that last. So that might be an avenue to, to make that work too. Well, and then, so another way to do it is actually bounce the enchantment back to hand. Mm. So something, if you're running this in Grixis, look at like Krosis Charm. Right. This is a uh, blue, black, red, instant, choose one. And the one that's relevant is return target permanent to its owner's hand. You don't want to do it, but you just made, we always talk about how enchantment removal is a premium. Right. So now, oh, I made you waste that. And all I had to do was bounce this back to hand. So you still can try the rigmarole next turn. Mm -hmm. But then I think the biggest thing is whenever I've played it, I at least get it off once, maybe twice. Twice, but it's always on a seven dwarf, so it's kind of worthless. <laughs> uh, but you, you, you should run a card like Strionic Resonator mm -hmm. in that deck because it'll work with a whole lot of the rest of the deck. It's not going to be that narrow focus. Uh, yeah, but really when you do get to that upkeep and it actually does happen, boom, I'll pay the two, tap it, and I got two followed footsteps. And if you get mm -hmm. two triggers uh, for basically seven mana, that's, that's way, not yeah, terrible. that's way, way better. Um, and you know the people. 
that also puts the 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 decision in the opponent's hand because it's like if they probably if they have a way to remove an artifact, it also probably will target a enchantment. enchantment. So they're gonna have to be like, ooh, like what else does he have for that resonator? And then you at least get to yeah. buy yourself a turn too, at least, right? If not multiple. So by that point, you might actually get two activations out of it anyway, right? See, there we go. We've actually turned it into a functional card. Uh, Squee McGee, what's the first card you want to talk about? Uh, I want to talk about a banger, uh, or the op- exact opposite of a banger in my mind. So it's Burnished Heart. I hate this card. How dare you! Just, it's you, On its surface, it's good. You, the way it plays is good. You feel, you it. fool. On its surface, it looks good. And then when you put it out on the battlefield, you're like, all right, I paid three. Cool. I got a 2-2 artifact. Artifact creatures are extremely vulnerable. Then you have, oh, okay, I want to get two basic land cards. I'm going to ramp. So say you get this out in your first, your second, maybe your third turn. It's still going to take you another turn or two to get those lands onto the battlefield. You're going to lose your creature. And then... They still come in tapped, so then you can't even use them. So we're talking like a three-turn cycle. You're going to have to pay six mana How to get two basic How is this three turns? It's literally the next turn. Mm, it's awful. It costs three to play, right. and then the next turn, you sack it for three, and you get the two lands. I know, and then they come in tapped, so you got to wait another turn to use them. I think I think he's saying if you want to reap the benefits of this card, it you takes have to wait three turns. turns and six mana oh to get two lands, which you can do so many different ways, so much better. Oh, this card sucks! I hate it. I just don't understand. I looked it up. It's in eleven percent of decks. Yeah, it's popular. It's really good. That is bonkers. Anyways, there's only one way I think this thing works is if you're either running a uh, like a black deck that has a bunch of graveyard recursion, or you could mess around with it a lot with say. Like the the one off the top of my head that I think would work the best with this would be like a mirror retriever, that type of thing mm-hmm. where you can start, you know, bouncing it in, bringing your yeah. artifacts back oh. in. Um, so that would help a little bit. But um, I honestly don't have a whole lot of, of, you know, things to say about why this would work, because I think everybody kind of knows why it kind of kind of doesn't really work. It kind of <laughs> does, I guess. But uh PSA for those out there, six mana for two lands over the course of three turns is garbage. And a blocker. Uh, so if here's my thing with this card. If you're running green, do not run it. That's the big thing. Sure. If you're running green, sure. don't run it. If you're running if you're running something that doesn't have a lot of recursion with artifacts, it's kind of wishy-washy. In my opinion, this card does work in white-red and white-red combination decks, mostly like Queen Marchesa. Um, it also does really good in my normal Marchesa deck because it can get a counter on it and you can kind of ramp out. Yeah. However, um, I will say it is kind of shaky, and when you draw this late game, it does feel pretty awful. But it feels awful in the first turn, too. It feels oh, awful all the time. I, I, I disagree strongly, but I, can, I, I have seen people go for the throat, if you will. Oh! Ooh, it's a black and a colorless. Over-arguing about this card, so... <laughs> I guess it's up to, up to y'all out there in the, in the uh, collective to see if you want to run it or not. If you want to run it, feel free. I think you're a sucker, but go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, Tuck, uh, what card are we going to apparently be a sucker for running in your opinion? I, this this is more. So I, I try to think of cards that I was like really excited about and put in decks and then have taken out and put in other decks and taken out. So the one that came to mind out the gates is our Spider Lord, Thantis the Warweaver. So three oh. colorless Jund, five for five. five three colorless Jund, Legendary Spider, five, five. It's a mythic. 
Vigilance Reach. All creatures attack each combat if able. Whenever a creature attacks you or Planeswalker you control, and it is a creature, not like whatever creatures or whatever, where you only get one trigger, put a 1-1 counter on Thantis. So for me, I just have never gotten this card to work. I think I might have had it in the wrong decks um, at the wrong time, doing the wrong thing. She was in like Saskia for a minute, because I kind of like that that cruel thing. That didn't really shake out, and she got cut for another slot. Um, she was in my four-color curse tribal deck before I figured out that that deck sucked and cut <laughs> half the stuff out of it. And part of, the, and part of the problem too is I got two, I got by accident got two of these with my um, pre-con that I ordered. So sure. I, was, I think like that was, that was like a sign to my brain being like, okay. Like, oh, gotta run yeah, it. Yeah, I gotta run it, right? I gotta, <laughs> this, this has to fit in somewhere. Um, so for me, I really like, I, I struggle to find a deck in Jund that she's good at that she's not intentionally the commander of right like I think it's a I think I personally feel like it's a very niche sort of like Fumiko the low-blooded sort of thing that you can definitely build around mm-hmm. but I, but so I think if you want to run her then do like a attacks matter sort of deck in Jund she's probably the best out there right like and she can also kind of turn into a little bit of a Voltron of herself and you know you can throw in some abilities where if something attacks you they lose life that sort of thing um, but I just, I, it was really, I've had this in bunches of piles and just, it just never really worked in the 99 for me. Yeah. So I think the interesting thing with this guy is, um, you know, it, I had it in my Lord Windgrace and I may even still have it in there. And it's more just the thought of, hey, don't be a fool like me and play it in your first main phase because then all your creatures have to attack. Uh, play it in your second main phase. Very good. Uh, very good. Place over here. Uh, but, you know, because everyone does want to hit Windgrace. So at least then I got this big vigilance reach. Yeah. You know, oh, Windgrace is about the ultimate. I need to swing seven creatures because he has three blockers. I need to get some damage. Well, that just gave her seven plus one plus one counters right, right, right. that's huge it can be absolutely massive um and i do agree an attack matters is probably where it needs to fit mm-hmm. um I, I just there's i think the issue with fantas is that there's so many good jund commanders already yes that it does you can't justify making a deck around this unless you're doing like a spider challenge yeah, tribal I, thing i agree with you and, and also the trick is like all creatures including your own have to attack right so it's sometimes yeah, right. i mean she can be in 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 the in the two in the partner deck she's kind of a liability because i don't want them to attack right so yeah but I, I do that's a really good point about your lord Windgrace step though all right so my next one is a card that I think we talked about it on a bruise and build our other uh, content we put out uh, and Tuck and I both made the comment of when this card was previewed, we got so many copies thinking it was going to be so good, put it in so many decks and just slowly but surely took them all you out. You say you were, were rock hard for it. Yeah, well, we're talking about Tanya's journal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, five colorless legendary artifact. At the beginning of your upkeep, investigate. So you get a colorless clue artifact token onto the battlefield with pay two, sack this, and draw a card. And then you can tap it, sack three clues, and basically tutor your library for any card and put it into your hand, shuffle your library. On the surface, this is just amazing. For a dollar seventy nine, a basic demonic tutor, whenever you have the three clues. Right. The kicker is once again, if you've noticed the trend, it's these cards that on the surface seem great, but it's an upkeep that you have to wait for. Right. Um, and so I think that's where this guy really, really struggles. Um, but I have some ideas on how maybe it could be a little bit better. 
So if you're going to actually have Tanyo's journal be a big part of your game plan. Like I'm going to tutor for it. I'm going to get it out and I'm going to use it to be able to tutor exactly what I need when tutor I need it. Tutor you, you inceptuous. <laughs> I know. Uh, and this card's great. A lot of people know about it, but I think you could do a Tanyo's journal in a land matters deck mm. with tireless tracker. Yeah. 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 Okay. So okay. tireless tracker, two colorless green, whenever a land ETBs under your control investigates, you create that clue. And so I think the cool thing about that, though, is a lot of land matters decks like marketing raw, as Azusa, he'll play three, four, five lands at a turn. And so immediately he could play the Azusa or play the Tamiya's journal, put out a bunch of his lands. Oh, I got the three clues. I'm going to tutor right now. Yeah, yeah, right. Make it make it happen real yeah, quick. That is pretty good. You know, actually, I'm now getting an idea with this that I. Oh, man, I know I've just been messing with Reese all the time, but this actually would be pretty oh decent. Oh, my God. No, Go no, it is not. I, no, what, what, what could you possibly cut for this in that deck? <laughs> I don't know a land. <laughs> oh my but gosh! Like, in a, in a deck like that, where you're running tokens and you're clearly going to be, you know, doubling tokens, that would give you a lot more ammo and fuel to go and search for things. Yeah, uh, I mean, so if you, if you had the doubling stuff. season and all that kind of stuff, that'd be good. The the other strategy you could do with this is any type of upkeep matters. Yeah, decks. I was say. really really like this, like a paradox mm -hmm. haze, mm -hmm. uh, two colorless blue enchantment or enchant player. The beginning of enchanted player's upkeep each turn, they get an additional upkeep step so uh, then you're making yes. two clues a turn that just expedites the process that much faster so this, i do think the card can be good it's just you have to if you're going to put it in your deck you have to have ways that it really synergizes you can't just put it in because it's like oh tutors upkeeps it'll be around for three turns <laughs> yeah this it probably is not a, a staple or a standard if i uh, were to say you uh, this might actually be kind of a sleeper hit in um z because you can always like get the tokens mm -hmm. away too right and there's a lot of mm -hmm. other upkeep stuff so that's a really good point there mr combo yeah but see if you gifted the uh tokens away you couldn't sack them to go tutor fair enough but you could get the z triggers of like drawing cards and stuff oh sure sure Absolutely. But, and definitely in that Zedru build, no one's going to be worried about a Tamiyo's journal. They're worried about every other disgusting <laughs> right, thing you have. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sweet McGee, what's your next card? All right, I think this one's going to be a little controversial because uh, it's extremely popular. You already did. The first one was controversial. <laughs> extremely so keep expensive. up the train. So uh, this is a card that I've never gotten to work for me personally. I used to have one a long time ago and got rid of it. Um, and it's still floating at 25 bucks. We're talking about Bitter Blossom. Oh, how dare you? Wow. So, wow. kind of continuing with our trend, what? it's still an upkeep trigger. So, Jesus. <laughs> hey, you told you told me that you wanted a... You've, uh, you've lost your mind. That's the only thing we explained. out there causing a ruckus. So. <laughs> this card is so good. It's oh. so good. It is, it is good, but it's not as good as everybody thinks it is. There's no way this is worth $25 on the surface. Well, go ahead and read what it is. All right, so for one colorless and a black, tribal enchantment fairy. At the beginning Blast of your upkeep, me. you lose one life, and you create a 1-1 one, one black fairy rogue creature token with flying. Fine. I mean, it's fine. It is. No, it's, it's the fact that it's two mana. You could potentially get it down turn one mm -hmm. or turn two, and then you just constantly get these fairies. And you're not attacking with the fairies. You're using the fairies for value. You oh, I understand that they're they're there and they're valuable, but they're not worth $25. And I, this card just runs too slow for me to want to do something like that and have it in my deck where I'm just going to be using this as... Almost like a draft fodder blocker. It's like a, a blocker fodder, if you want to call it something like that. <laughs> blocker fodder. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's all this is to me. You're not going to be swinging in and killing people with these 1-1 fairies. It would take you 40 turns to do that. Uh, 
you're not going to be doing much else but just hitting little triggers that come in and it pips you for a life so i'm not huge on that either um it, it is good i'll give you that but in my opinion it's worth far less i'd give this as like a, a five to seven dollar card what about for 43 cents as a dreadhorde invasion that'd be fine <laughs> um, I right. mean, obviously this would work well if you have doubling like doubling season anointed possession any of those type of things sitting out on the board or if you're running a deck that can do that um, i think that would help speed this up to where it would be acceptable for me but in my mind i just don't see a one one fairy once every upkeep doing much for well, you how about a bitter blossom of the skull clan or, or to good. sacrifice it to anything else in Angel Sticks. Yeah. I'm sorry, Squee. I love you, but you are. I disagree wholeheartedly on this one. That's perfectly fine. They don't call me Instigator Squee for no reason. Oh, there it is. I'm, I'm going. Well, Big Tuck, what's your less controversial opinion? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I doubt this one is, but this is a card that I open, I've opened like a gazillion of in packs. I'm always like, this is amazing. Like, why aren't people playing more than this? And then I play it in something, and it's like, oh, that's why. Uh, so <laughs> I, I this card's burned me a bunch. So I'm going to talk about Gruel Warchant. So two colorless uh, green uh, red for an enchantment. It's an uncommon. It's like 15 cents. I have five of them if anyone wants to try it out. Attacking creatures you control get plus one plus zero and have menace. So the only got the only deck that really wants this is like a green red go wide. But like a lot of the other decks I have, like for example, um, my my gruel deck is not a, a go it's only go wide is like fodder for other spells for the casting sure. or spell slinging so it's just like and I, i've had this in decks like saskia and i'm like i'd rather have something that gives them haste or trample or something like right. those lines right especially because it is a go bigger so um this personally has just never really worked out for me i also think it's kind of if it was like plus two in menace or plus one plus one just something or even else if it was maybe like three mana or two mana to get out on the board that would help but like it's a little bulky right right now yeah so for me i think the way i think the way that this would be good is if you have it paired with another if you have it paired with like something else that gives it riot like a, a or sorry well riot would be nice but like a haste enabler, <laughs> right like a mass hysteria okay. and you're playing like a green or like flying yeah yes you just want you just want some other piece of evasion to pair with I, I agree and the thing now that being said if you are trying to do i think this card is really it's really I don't, th I don't think it's that great in and of itself, but if you're trying to do a challenge of like only uncommon cards or, you know, you are playing a, a very wide green uh, red strategy that cares about the red zone, then it might have a slot in there. But for me personally, it's just it's something that it's never really been able to, to make that final cut. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's extremely decent. Yeah, I would like I would put it on on the the heavily decent category if you could. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. Like if it had a plus two plus zero or something like that, that would help where everybody yeah. gets a little bit better. And then your go wide actually has some feel to it. But uh, the one zero doesn't help a whole lot. And it's not going to keep your your creatures mm -hmm. alive by giving them a bigger butt either. So. Mr. Combo, tough. yeah, I mean, I mean, even if you had a way to give all your creatures first strike, yeah, like, yeah for sure. Th th think you had that Odric out there, right? Um, or, or even heck, the the one Odric that says like 
you even choose how stuff oh, blocks. Yeah, yeah. You could be like, hey, I'm only going to let you block with these mm-hmm. four, even though I have eight, but then you're going to have to combo block right, if right, you right. want to do anything, and I know I can kill them. Yeah, I think it'd be really cool um, if they gave it vigilance in this card, because that's a great thing for go wide. Like, if yeah, but that's not Rakdos. Yeah, or that, or Gruul, like, rather. Um, right. Gruul. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So maybe like a Naya Tokens Matter deck, maybe? There we go. But that's, well, that's just me. Yeah. Uh, well, my third one is is going to be kind of controversial, but I think we can all agree we've been hosed by this card more than it's benefited us. <laughs> Temple of the False God. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> on on its surface, in 23% of all EDH decks. That's disgusting. Tap it, add Ew. two to your mana pool, uh, activate this ability only if you control five or more lands. So basically, you have to have Temple of the False God and four other lands for it to do anything. Here's how I... And I mean, I still, I'm guilty of this. I still put this in decks. Mm-hmm. And he, it, it, here's the thing. It either works or it doesn't, obviously. That's how all cards work. But one of the negatives is it only taps for colorless, yep. which can hurt you or hinder you sometimes. And it's either, because we play singleton, you either never see the card ever, right. or you draw it early and it's like, well, I got two lands in Temple of the False God, I'll keep it. And then you never yeah. see another genie <laughs> land. And you're like, hey, third land for my land for a third turn, Temple of the False God. And the whole table goes, ooh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh, I have so, so many feel bads from this card. Yeah, I think the only decks that should be running a Temple of the False God should be colorless decks, yeah. <laughs> artifact decks, yes. and land matters decks. Outside of that, I, unless you're just on a extreme budget and you just need this one single land to produce you two mana out of your other 34 to 37 <laughs> lands, um, I would just really say to kind of go away from it, unless you're doing one of those other strategies. Uh, now, granted, if you're trying to do, like, be funny and like, oh, I'm going to run temple.deck, sure, <laughs> and go ahead and do it. But this is a card that I think every Magic player has looked at and been like, yes, it is Slam going in every single one of my decks. And then slowly but surely, they're like, get out of here, you hot piece of trash. Oh my god, I oh, still I'm, run in 15 decks. What? Wow. Yeah, I am I yeah. am guilty 100% of that. I had it in every deck for a while. I was white hot on it and it, I, it wasn't even slow. Like after the first game where I got burnt on it, I was just like, nope, ripped it out of every single deck. Yeah. I was just done with it. It's yeah. I mean, it's in the name. It is. It's a false God. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually kind of curious how many decks I still run this thing in. All of them. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, Ooh. 10, 11. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I think well, okay, now you got some work to do tonight. The only defense I'll give it is I agree with you in colorless and artifact decks. And personally, I think it's worth the risk in mono and most monocolor decks, yeah. right? Because you're not going to be hosed off the two colorless most of the time. That being said, I'm going to say that now and I will not be able to tap it for mana for the rest of my gaming career. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll probably put it in a Kiri and then watch it never work. And then Ooh, yeah. In a range. Well, and, and the whole reason I say artifacts is just because the artifacts are colorless. Yeah, I, I it's not as and not as big of a deal, but it's kind of sad. I'm looking at some of the decks that I have this in. I have this in my Carador deck. <laughs> I have this in my, yeah, I have this in my Zerus deck. Oh no. Um, wow. Yeah, I have this in my Nickel. Well, and it's also wow. too, too, real bad. Too, too be fair, it is the uh, it, this bad. is the this is the precon effect. I think it translates to a lot of this because this is in like uh, not if not all most precons. I believe right. Yeah. yeah. So if you guys aren't looking, yeah, this is in twenty three percent of all decks on EDH Rick. So it's asinine. 
So, all right. Well, Swee, what's your next one? Uh, all right. So my next one is kind of a boring one. I think we talked about it a while back on Bruising and Builds, but it's Rampaging Baylos. Um, being, yeah. being a green, like being a green player, I want this thing to work so well. I, I just like it looks on the surface like a banger. Six six four mm. six with trample and a cool evergreen landfall ability. Uh, but when do you ever get to use it? That's kind of like a Tatiova deck or something like that. You're just sitting out here. By the time you have six mana and you put them onto the field, every green deck I've ever done is already ramping way faster than a four four green beast creature token. So by the time you get yeah. it out, it's just kind of almost like my my disdain for bitter blossom it's just like it's blocker fodder at that point you're not doing a whole lot for yourself and it runs really really slowly unless you have cards where you can either like crucible of the worlds or bring it back from the graveyard or uh dump a bunch of lands out at once but yeah i've never had a lot of good luck with this so uh yeah if you're running lands matter absolutely i think it's a slam dunk but in my opinion it's uh it's a fool's errand to run this in a lot of green decks that aren't doing anything that's outside of lands matter even though it looks like a nice big beater yeah i 100 percent agree if you can't play multiple lands a turn as like a part of your deck strategy there's zero reason and no i don't mean if you run kadama's reach and cultivate <laughs> that does not count <laughs> I, uh, I, also, I also think it's funny that this is also one of the cards when it hits the table people are like oh Rami, rampage me a lot oh, rampage I, know, right? like, I don't know what they're talking about and then you're like and then the next turn you're like well it's turn seven so i don't have a land drop so and, and uh, if i did here's a yeah, four one, four. yeah, with no trample or anything, just a four-four. And you have to yeah. go find the four-four beast token as opposed to the much more ubiquitous three-three-one. It's a, it's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you can make it good in in certain situations, but yeah, be be cautious. It's extremely situational. Well, Tuck, what's your next one? I've had this in probably six decks, and still to this day, I cannot find a home for it, and I'm really struggling to figure that part out. So today, I'm going to assect you like a crab and talk about the scattering <laughs> doom engine. So six colorless for a rare, it's an artifact creature construct. It's a six, six. Um, scuttling doom engine can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. And this is where I got thrown off because originally I thought this was for the entire table. However, it is not. When it dies, it deals six damage to target opponent or planeswalker, which is just. Yes. So this was in my Duretti deck. Cut it. Mm-hmm. This was in my Perforos deck. Cut it. This was in most recently my Orzov, Tesa Karlov, e, like ETD, dies trigger. Cut it. Because the problem is it's only to one. You need to, the way you got to build this deck, and I think the deck that this was most recently printed in was the Zahili one, where A, artifacts can cut, you can you can dump this out for two, right? Sure. And then there also is like a sub-theme of that, of like artifact recursion, right? So that's the deck that I think would make this a lot better. And if, you're, if you are running like a bunch of, um, you know, like we kind of saw in uh, the Goads, uh, friendliest deck ever, which I'm not going to talk too much about here. He ran so many things that were like discounts for the table and reducing sure, right. colorless. Where it's like if you can like keep getting this out for two mana at a time, then yeah, yeah. okay, sure. And you have your scrap trawlers or whatever. What else the world? But you also need a temple of the false god to get him out there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I actually I, I do agree. This is a card that on its surface it's like well can't be blocked by creatures power two or less. So the go wide people yeah. can't combo yeah. block. Uh, and then, okay, sure, you kill him. He's still going to deal six to you. Yep. And six, so six, it's, six, right? Like, it's, yeah. yeah, it seems fine. I do think it needs to be in a deck that can abuse 
it, it's almost kind of like what we were talking about with Burnish Chart with Squeak. Is apparently Burnish Chart by itself needs to be better. Uh, <laughs> yes, so you need ways to be able to get it back from the graveyard, like your Queen Marchesa. Yes, deck. Yeah, this I, would actually be really this. Or sorry, Marchesa the you, Black Rose, Death Rose, Black, Black Rose. Uh, that would be great in that because mm -hmm. then it dies. It comes back with a plus one plus one counter. Now it's a seven seven. Uh, and the target opponent, I don't think is as big of a deal. Mm -hmm. I just think once again, you can't just put this in the deck because like, oh, I have artifacts. Like, well, what are you doing with your artifacts? Oh, I'm doing artifact stuff. And it's like, well, then this doesn't yes, belong in there. Yes, for sure. but, but if the, the gimmick is, oh, I'm going to make copies of my artifacts and I'm going to like make them all a copy of one thing, then yes, Yo, this absolutely cool, yeah. is a great maybe card like in a, there. Maybe like a Bruticlad deck. That could be kind of cool to turn. If you yeah. Imagine if you had like 10 of these out and you're like, mm -hmm. sure. What, what next? <laughs> right? yeah. Well, because because at that point, you got to think about it. This is basically artifacts version of Angry Omnath. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get rid of Omnath, I'm still going to burn you. Right. But if you don't get rid of Omnath, I'm, I'm going to burn still gonna you. Burn, yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just the good thing with Omnath is I play lands and I get more Omnom Noms. <laughs> this, you play more lands and it's like... In my head, I'm in like this weird battle of like... I really, really, really want them to print this with uh, each opponent gets six damage, but then no. also in my head that'd be so it's gross. Probably. I mean, that's like better. That's that would take this from like seventeen cents to like seventeen dollars. Well, real it's, cool. be it's better than like that's just as efficient, if not more, than Kokoshu at this point. So yeah, it, yeah, that would uh, that would be pretty awesome. All right. Well, for my last one, I cut this card out of every single one of Big Tuck's decks. So I figured <laughs> he clearly sees value in it for some reason that I do not see, but maybe I can figure out how to make this card functional. Gideon Jura. Oh, this card's great. <laughs> actually, I'll get to, to, be, now, to be real honest, this was actually close to on my list, but I couldn't do it to the fans. <laughs> I couldn't do it to the fans. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gideon Jura, three colorless white white. It's a mythic. Uh, comes in with six loyalty and has three abilities. It has a zero until end of turn. Uh, it becomes a six six human soldier creature that still planes walk with all damage that will be dealt to him this turn. Uh, plus two. Uh, during target opponent's next turn, creatures that player attacks Gideon if able, and then minus two destroy target tapped creature. I get it on its surface. It's like, hey, I can kind of goad you into me. Right. I can pick off some of your creatures, right. and then, hey, if there's something that I couldn't do with, I can minus two and destroy it. But there's so many other better planeswalkers for around that five mana price point that do so many other better oh, things. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna think, I'm gonna I'm gonna raise that. There are better Gideon planeswalkers that cost less. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's a reason he's fifty four cents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that five mana cost, yeah, that that's kind of yeah. heavy. Like I run into that. I even like completely off topic for a second, but I even struggle sometimes with Fraley's being a five mana cost to get her out there and be efficient. But mm -hmm. um, oh god, she's so much yeah, better. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. She, she's way better than this Gideon is for sure. But um, but yeah, that that five mana. By the time you get him out on the board, like everybody's already kind of got their board state pretty set, and it's like targeting one or two at a time is not going to do it. And so here's how I think you make Gideon Jura actually work. <laughs> so, and this has to be your deck strategy because there's really nothing that special about him that you're like, oh, well, if I could just do these couple things, he's a slam dunk in this deck. It's either Gideon Tribal or one of these three methodologies. <laughs> one, you need tokens to hang back and block for him. Yeah. So think you're a symbol of the legions, the Reese, the redeems of the world. Sure. Those types of cards, it's, hey, I'm going to plus come in and then I'm going to just kind of start picking you off like the uh the zombies from i am legend like i'm just gonna like them all over 
second thing, blind obedience impacts mm, or yeah. those types of things. Yep. Authority of the consoles. Make your opponents have your stuff come in, their stuff come in tapped, because then you can plus them and target it, and then you don't have to worry necessarily about, oh, well, the hasty guys are right. now going to come in and, and mess up my And game. that plays good with a second ability, because then as soon as they come in, you can start picking them off too, right? Yeah, Correct. Yeah. And then the last one is, and I don't know why you'd want to just get beat face with Gideon, but you need ways to prevent people from attacking your planeswalkers. So think like sandworm convergence oh, sure. effects. Mm -hmm. Just straight up make it to where, hey, they cannot attack my planeswalkers. You go plus two all day long yeah. until he's huge. And then, hey, they get rid of sandworm convergence. I can just zero and swing for six all day, yeah. I guess. I mean, yeah, you can be kind so, of some up. Staxy stuff like ghostly prisons and that type of thing the, a little bit. Well, ghostly prisons don't work because he's a plane. Walker yeah. and Ghostly Prison only, oh, or right. only protects the player. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's dumb. The problem I've had, I think you the, the best point that you bring up with him is there's no payoff, right? Because there's times where he's just like sat there and it's like, okay, I guess every other turn I can destroy one tapped creature. That's I mean, I guess cool. in good news, people probably aren't swinging through too heavy at your no. Gideon. So, so yeah. <laughs> but the the bigger issue, the only big payoff Gideon has is that they all have to attack Gideon. So if it's like I like think of when we were playing on Sunday with the game that we'll talk about on next week's 40 Life in a Dash to where it was just like we're kind of in the stalemate and it's like, well, I need to hang back blockers. Gideon could be like, hey, no, you have to right. come at me. I take all the damage and then that way you, the Gideon player, are open to kill mm -hmm. that player next yeah. That's, a good point. that's really the only payoff I see is basically plus two for seventeen turns in a row, and then eventually you'll be tapped. You'll be tapped out, and I can swing in and kill you. Yeah, right. Well, Squee, do you have any cards left to talk about? Yeah, I got one left. Uh, it's Alter the Brute. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Uh, so I'm actually talking about Bantu the Glorified. Um, I have had this in every single black deck I've ever made, and I've taken out of every single black deck I've ever made. Um, <laughs> so this card, for those playing the home game, it is two colors and a black legendary creature god, menace indestructible. Uh, he can't attack or block unless a creature died under your control this turn, which is kind of, meh, I wish it was not under your control. Um, and then it has for a uh, colorless and a black sacrifice another creature, scry one, each opponent loses one life, you gain one life, and he's a four six so yeah on the surface this looks awesome he's big three mana to get a god out on the board's pretty cool uh has menace has indestructible it's a sack outlet not only that but you get to scry and burn people for life and gain life uh but every time i've tried to use it it's just been it's been so far and in between on like usually in a black deck you're going to have a couple different sack outlets and this is usually the one that is not the most useful for me at the time um, and then I, I guess, yeah, when you have them out there and you make a, a creature die under your control that turn, which you can by sacking pretty easy, uh, a four, six is still not, not a huge guy to come through. He's not doing a ton yeah. of damage for you. Um, so like this would be good in, in anywhere where you're looking to have a sack outlet and I've used it as that and it's been effective once in a while, but, um, I was actually going to ask you guys, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of great ideas how to use this really, really well elsewhere. What you got? I got two cards that'd be amazing in this deck. Bring it. Burnish Heart and Bitter Blossom. <laughs> oh, wow. Blasted. Oh, wow. So I have, I think I have three copies of this because it's the same thing. It's like, this is going to be, this has to be good, right? It wasn't in, 
The problem, the problem I ran into it is like the pay. There's so many sacrifice effects, and like right. you look, you go through them, and you're like, wait, I have to pay for this one, and it yeah, doesn't like. Why can't I just game? alter right. the brood and keep on moving? Right. So um, the one, t- the only thing I've seen where this card actually worked really well was this like very bizarre mono black build that almost played like Voltron. So, uh-huh. because you can still equip equipment onto him, right, while he can't attack oh, yeah. the block. And the fact that he has Menace and Indestructible for three, for a four, six, kind of yeah, made it work. Nice. I, th- I think I saw it on a stream or something, and it was, like, kind of a cool-ish deck. So, it did something that I'd never seen before in black, which was, like, attacking with one creature. But, uh, so... I, I would say that a deck that this could actually function in as a deck that I have, but I think my deck is... I think if I were to cut anything for Bonto, it would just lower its power, which obviously I never look to do. Right. Uh-huh. But my Shirai deck, because mm-hmm. I am having stuff die during everyone's turns right. all yeah. the time. Yeah. And so then it's like, well, how am I traditionally going to die in a Shirai deck? Well, it's going to be through board wipes, like one side of board wipes, and then they swing in. Or they're just swinging in, and I only got one ones, and I can't yeah, do right. a lot. So yeah. a 4-6 Indestructible is a pretty beefy dude mm-hmm. to right. be able to block. And if you're, if you're killing stuff on every single turn been great it's just i wouldn't run it in my shrike because a i run the better bond to god eternal bond to, <laughs> way better uh and b usually when i'm sacking stuff i'm making you sack stuff so therefore you have nothing to attack me with right so well it's that's, that's a little bit better three value. turns get my burnish chart out there get my two lands <laughs> Play my no, bitter turn, blossom, then play turn, my bomb turn, two, and then start stacking no, my one one flyers. No, you're you're missing it. Turn two, it's bitter blossom. Turn three, it's bomb two. Turn four, it's burnish heart. You already got a dude. Maybe you have a soul ring. You can sack your dude, make everyone lose a life. Are. Now you're scrying one. Look at that. I just gave you a trade. Yeah, we're talking about quite a hand, hand here. <laughs> soul ring, bitter blossom, burnish heart, bomb two. Bomb is the commander. There you go. Problem solved. <laughs> Well, Tuck, what do you got? I, your there's, last one? I mean, there's a million of these. I just, there wasn't. Those are the only three that really came to mind that I had any like real voice of opinion on. So, I, I, you, I think there were several ones of both of yours that I would have also picked. So, I'm just, I'm fine with just having three. All right. Well, you know, uh, one that we won't discuss, but I'll leave everyone with. Jace the Mind Sculptor. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up What's the Plane Chase. Now that last segment, Squee dives into those creative juices with the weather label. Welcome back to the Weatherlight Report, coming to you live from Weatherlight Chopper 4. I'm Squee McGee, so today we are talking Mono White. We're going to give it a shot again. Uh, okay. Last time we talked about it, I believe Mr. Combo got, uh, got Bird of Prey put together. Um, I think that was a, one of the cards that oh, was suggested. Yeah. So we'll see if we can bring out anything else that might be useful. Uh, so we're talking Rune Tail Kitsune Ascendant. This is a flip oh. card from like 2005. The old, the old uh, Rune Tail. The Kamigawa block, I believe. Uh, so it is the best block. Oh, this one's absurd. White. When you have 30 or more life, flip Rune Tail Kitsune Ascendant. It's a 2 2 Fox Monk for those playing the Fox Monk Tribal. Um, and then it flips over to uh, Rune Tail's Essence, which is prevent all damage that would be dealt to creatures you control. I like it. I've I seen like it. A I, lot. I, I played against this in the wild, if you will, and it was a freaking nightmare. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, yes. I'm pretty excited about this. By the way, I was very impressed with myself. I just read that whole flips thing upside down. Wow, uh, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this card's got a lot of a lot of potential, and there's some really fun things that you can do back and forth with your creatures, and a couple of auras that we're going to talk about here that play really, really nicely with that. But what I really, really like about it is that. 
for three mana, you're almost always going to get this onto the board before right. you're below 30 life, unless somebody really, really hates you. So, um, you know, I'd never heard of this card before and never really seen a flip commander that turns into an enchantment. Um, yeah, th th there's a series of them, and I've seen this card before. I... I I think for me, for it to be the commander, it's just white's already a slow color. Right. And I mean, I guess turn three, it's probably not going to die. Well, I guess it immediately comes out. And then as long as you're over 30, it's just it's just it just yeah. like, so the people like yeah. people play that, they play this with like, I have a legend, I have a legendary enchantment in my, like they like, I've never seen it. The guy I played it with who played this pretty often, I never saw it come in and not immediately flip over. Yeah, I would assume so. And, and one of the heavy themes in this deck is obviously going to be lifelink and life gain because mm -hmm. you want to keep that life total up. Sure. Um, I'm not going to talk about those because uh, there's a dime a dozen for lifelink and white. Uh, but the first card I wanted to talk about that plays really, really well here is Wall of Glare. One colorless and a white. It is a creature wall. And then Wall of Ooh. Glare can may block any number of creatures each combat. It's a zero. Oh, oh, damn. That's nice. Yeah. That's kind of like 100 handed one, but you don't have to do the uh, kicker card. Right. I almost talked about 100 handed one. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was on my short list. But <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. You can block everybody that swings through all the damage is prevented and it's a two drop. And even if you don't have your commander out at a zero five, it'll still probably stick around for a while until you yeah. come out again. Yeah. I'm Duck, is this in your uh, arcade? No, because it's because it doesn't do anything else. It's there's it's there's better. There's I mean, that's, that already seems pretty there's good. One that, there's one that the two drops that have better value that also have bigger butts, in my opinion. So, uh -oh. um, but I was I was kind of thinking about that. I was like, I think I looked at this maybe. But yeah, this is this is really, really good in this deck. Yeah, I mean, in, in this deck, I guess you could call this the, like the Brazilian booty lift of Wall of Glare because it's, it's but <laughs> infinitely sized. Uh, uh, so that was pretty good. So the next card I wanted to talk about is an enchantment aura. It's Pariah, two colorless. Oh, yeah. Uh, enchant creature, all damage that would be dealt to you is dealt to enchanted creature instead. So anybody that gets damage done to you then flips onto the creature that already can't take any damage. And then you're essentially <laughs> just invincible with these pieces out on the board until somebody breaks one of the pieces that are out there. So uh, yeah. this card is super nice in this deck. And I think once you get a pariah out there with your commander, you might start raising a couple of flags when people be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Okay. Everybody figure it out. But uh, it plays really, really well here. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I can't argue with it. Uh, I, I just wish, I know now we're stretching, but I wish this this commander was Silencia. Yeah. So that way you could run the uh, enchantment that gives all your other enchantments. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd, that'd be, be cool. Because cool. then it's just like, well, it's kind of the um, karmic justice debacle to where, well, now I'm going to have to get rid of this thing, then waste another small mm -hmm. move spell on this thing to be able to get rid of everything. So... Yeah, this is, uh, this is Super Pillow 40. Um, so the next card I wanted to talk about is going to essentially be a tutor for Pariah. Um, it's Heliod's Pilgrim. Never thought oh, I'd classic. this card in my life. Oh, are you but, kidding? This card's uh, incredible. Yeah, I just, I just never run that many auras. Huh? So uh, Heliod's Pilgrim is two colors and a white creature human cleric. It's a common. Uh, when Heliod's Pilgrim enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an aura card, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle your library. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, the, the shtick here with Pariah is you get Heliod's Pilgrim out, you slap Pariah onto Heliod's Pilgrim, and then you are an invincible being. Clearly, Heliod's Pilgrim is in a big tech Siona deck. Yes, <laughs> and it does a lot of, a lot of work. <laughs> and uh, I think this is also this is also a friend of the show, Ty Special, because I think I had about 15 of these from the boxes. So 
Yeah, I kind of see this card operating in this deck to where, yes, it gets Pariah Shield, and that's a cool interaction, but um, you're obviously going to be winning off of combat damage because you your guys can't take damage, so why wouldn't you swing like right, every turn sure. possible? Yeah, yeah you're going to run and, so, and all that good stuff. So you're going to run a lot of different auras, potentially, in the deck to buff those creatures. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a... Because I'm never a big fan of a, a tutor in a deck that's like, oh, I go get one this thing. one yeah, specific thing. That. Like, I I ended up cutting Enlightened Tutor from, uh, oh man, I can't remember what deck it was, but I looked at it and I only had three targets yeah. and they weren't that great. Yeah, right. So it was like, well, get rid of that. I think I just put it in there because it's like, ooh, Enlightened Tutor, I'm a badass. That's a good card, yeah. Uh, right, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I think this card has a lot of legs. Ooh, ooh, I like ooh, it. Nice. I like it. All right. So, uh, last card we're talking about has a little bit of a, a play off the commander's name. So it's eight and a half tails. That is, oh, I love it. Yeah, it's a it. home game. Eight hyphen and hyphen a hyphen half hyphen tails. Yikes. Um, so it's a two white legendary creature fox cleric. It's a rare. Uh, and then for one colorless and white target permanent, you control gains protection from white until end of turn. And then for one colorless target spell or permanent becomes white until end of turn. It's a two two. Yeah, this is this is what you need to protect your enchantments, to protect your commander, to protect himself. Uh all of it. I, I think this card's a banger. And all those Vorthos nerds out there are about to cream their shorts because I'm pretty sure that this is, in <laughs> fact, the same being as your commander. Because it's yeah. a rune tailed, and then this, I think he gets like, I don't remember, because I don't suck <laughs> it every day. But you get the, you get the, you get the flavor <laughs> one there. This card is actually surprisingly low costed for me at a dollar 26 like this is pretty good and this pretty is, universally uh, useful it, it's only ran in like fringe voltron decks yeah i was gonna say this is i've seen this run as a mono white voltron commander uh, fairly i think i've seen that three or four times out there on like if you're running something budget and you don't want to run like the hound um now granted in theory it could be played in the stacks mm -hmm. deck in the 99 to just as long as you got have a ton of mana right. open you basically have free counter spells right right, right. Yeah, I mean it, it's oh, it's a of, it's a yeah. massive diversion to either send their counter spells to somebody else, or I guess they can try and do it and or just even fail. Well, yeah, because it's all the removal stuff that you end up right. quote unquote countering and, right. and like yeah, destroy. Yeah. Like this is like board wipe protection as well, right? Like there's on the the heavy target. So I've never seen it in the ninety nine. I've always seen it as the one, if you will. Um, so yeah, I I I think it's cool. I think it definitely be fun in this deck, to, especially for the flavor one. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that would almost be kind of fun to run a my Atraxa deck just as a planeswalker projector. Yeah, sure, yeah. I, I think it would be. Uh, I, mm. I was I toyed around in my brain just on uh, maybe we'll do this for, for Reese. Future. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, always every everything's a, a potential there. But um, maybe doing one for this guy as a commander in the future. I think he might be a little more popular than that. But that would be really interesting to turn other people's permanents into white and have fun with that and see what we can get. Uh, so maybe we'll for do sure. a little research on that. I'm sure there's some sort of bizarro interaction with Painter Servant that you can do with this thing, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah, you would just turn everything white, and then you would only have to pay <laughs> a colorless to just protect yeah. everything. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I think this deck could be a lot of fun. It's a huge pillow fort, and then make a bunch of tokens, give them Vigilance, Lifelink, swing through, and have some fun. Uh, give Mono White a shot. It's probably going to lose. It's Mono White. I get it, but we had to get <laughs> hey, it. Hey, I went with Mono White. <laughs> Anyways, I'll kick it back to the Action 4 News Desk with uh, Mr. Combo and Big Tup. 
Thank you for staying with us, and as always, remember the great giveaways from CMD Tower and Level 1 Game Shop by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, sharing, and placing orders through level1gameshop.com. Also, another way to support your new team is Inevitor, Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower, with reward tiers for all the budgets, there is a way that you, the collective, can help. You can stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 News team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, CMD. How <laughs> you can communicate directly with your team at CMD Tower, at Mr. Combo number 5, all spelled out except for the 5, at Dear Squee, at Big Tuck Tweeting. From your MTG Action 4 News team, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.